Welcome in to the Gridiron Picture with his week nine of the NFL season. Uh, I am Michael McQuay, delighted to be joined by my uh, friend, colleague, co-worker, managing editor of Gridiron Magazine, the one, the only, the expert betting pick going by last week's picks, uh, Ollie Connolly. <laughs> Ollie, how's the format? How are you getting on? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good, sir. I'm good. Full, full of energy. Can you believe we're halfway through the season this weekend? Crazy. Yeah, I, I can believe it. Uh, my hairline can attest to it. My newly grayed hair can attest that we are nine, nine weeks through the season. Is it only nine? Is it only halfway? I, I love even though we're on the podcast here that you're saying your hair, your hairline can attest to it. Have you seen my hairline, sir? I mean, I, I've been sitting here for, for months like this, months more like years. Uh, look here, uh, just to start us off, folks, as we do uh, every week, just a reminder that we uh, have a link in our bio uh, on the podcast for Unibet. We're getting our odds from Unibet uh, and you can click on that link to avail of a sign-up offer. Do check it out because the odds that we use on this podcast are from Unibet, from myself, Ollie, and from our new expert, Henry. Uh, but do do check it out. And please, folks, if you are putting a bet on in week nine, please do gamble responsibly and only bet what you can afford. It has to be fun at the end of the day. So please only bet what you can afford. And when the fun stops, Please stop. Stop like the Raiders stopped last week. Didn't even score a point. Uh, our, our picks last week, Ollie. Now, we were in London last week. Great time. Always a great time chatting to you and seeing Trevor Lawrence struggle to throw the ball, even though that's his job. Uh, look, I, I picked the Dolphins uh, on minus three in the handicap over the Lions, uh, and that won. For some reason, I didn't think it did, and then I checked it. And you had your Patriots selection over the Jets, which was successful. Yeah, I mean, the easiest money of all time. You get Bill Belichick up against the first or second year quarterback, uh, then those things usually pay off. I know we had the the Justin Fields issue the week before, but Zach Wilson, man, we did that whole, we did a whole podcast, right? I did like a 12 hour pod with John Ledyard over on the read optional and we excerpted it on the the gridiron show feed called <laughs> chaos chaos of zach wilson he got into all these weird jets forums and jets reddit and these guys that know what they're talking about and zach wilson god love him came out and did us a solid by showing everyone exactly what we discussed the week before so yeah patriots uh minus one and a half over the jets was felt like easy money at the time and then it proved to be true uh, Henry's selections also were victorious, so we're, we're, we're having a good wow. week so far, and we are looking forward to this week. A slightly different format of the show this week, Ollie, so it's going to be funny because I've got a parlay to talk about in a bit, and I think you're going to laugh your head off whenever you see it, but uh, it, 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 it'll be a bit of crack. Let's let's talk about two games first off. We'll, we'll talk about the Seahawks going up against the Cardinals to start off with. That game is in Arizona. It's the the location of Super Bowl uh, in February. Uh, let, let's see if either team is in it. But uh, the, the Cardinals are minus two in the handicap at 10 to 11 on. The over and under with Unibet is 50 at 9 to 10 on. Cardinals 3 to 4 on favourites. Uh, Ali, the Seahawks rank 18th in the NFL so far this season with 221 passing yards per contest. But they're 21st uh, in terms of their passing yards on defense. They've covered the spread five times so far this season. They're 5-3, you know. But what a season it's been for Juno smith Ali. He's thrown for nearly 2,000 yards already to, to rank eighth, 13 touchdowns, a 72.7% completion rate. Ironically, he's the eighth best at the minute. He's going up against the seventh best in Kyler Murray, almost 2,000 as well. Only a 66% completion rate, though. But uh, I guess it's Gino against Kyler, Ali. Uh, Seahawks one week out from Munich. Uh, what are your thoughts on this matchup as we look ahead to this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I, Kyler's been pretty poor this season. And what's interesting with him the last couple of weeks is, you know, his whole gamut is, okay, our offensive de- design is pretty shoddy. Um, 
they had this whole kind of drum steady drumbeat over the offseason to the first few weeks that hey don't worry it's when deandre gets back it's when deandre gets back the whole system functions around deandre which is a hilarious way to like design a system is if this guy who can like post up and box out anyone in the league as long as he's healthy and available and not using peds somehow that means he's good I, i'm confused as long as he's available the whole thing doesn't fall apart it's just a strange way to like even try and defend yourselves anyway he's been pretty poor and in those early flushes of the season when they were bad on offense anyway, bad design, poor use of um, Hollywood Brown that we had some flashes, terrible use of Rondell Moore, who should be the most exciting player in the NFL. No uh, Newt Hopkins, as we said. He was running around and doing all the cool Kyle Murray stuff, right? He had the 12-minute play on the two-point conversion or whatever. The last few weeks, when he moves and tries to do things all on his own, it's not been all that pretty. He's kind of lost some of that magic dust of when he's trying to create all on his own. So... I'll be really interested to see him go up against quite a sprightly Seahawks defense. They are pretty up and down week to week, so we never really know what we're getting from them. Um, but I, I'm really, really interested to see what the, the plan of attack is for the Cardinals because as much as we bag on them and on this network, Cy Clancy more than anyone, I think, bags on them. And as poorly designed and constructed as the offense is, the one misnomer about them, I believe, is they do actually shapeshift quite dramatically week to week in what they want to do. It's not the same. 50, it, you, when he first came to the NFL, Cliff Kingsbury, it was the same 10 to 12 to 15 concepts every single week. And by the second half of the season, everyone figured them out. And that was why you had those crazy first half, second half of the season splits. They actually do change what they do, particularly conceptually, a lot now week to week. It's just they seem to be picking the wrong concepts each week against each defense. So I'm fascinated to see, do they go big in this game? Do they go super spread? They obviously signed Bobby Anderson or traded for Bobby Anderson. That was a, that was to get another vertical threat they did not need, <laughs> throwing away another draft pick. So I, I know I, this one this one really intrigues me, and Gino intrigues me too. Yeah, you, you just don't know what you're going to get with the Seahawks team either. It's, it's funny in that sense. And yeah, uh, we know that if anybody is a Cardinals fan listening in on the network, Simon Clancy loves Cliff Kingsbury so much and uh, the Cardinals are going to the Super Bowl and he's going to have fun meeting him in February. <laughs> in all seriousness, so Ali, it's funny because the Cardinals average, uh, they're averaging 33.9% on third down, which is 27th in the league. Defensively, um, it's a 42% for down conversion rate on the defense side of the ball. So they are struggling there a good bit as well. One's really interesting. I wrote about this a little bit in the week with the Robbie Anderson trade that they should be among the best third down teams in the league every single year because Kyler is a third down weapon unto himself. You have to account for him in the run game, obviously. Then you've got Rondell Moore, who's the gadget gimmickry guy. Then you've got Hollywood Brown, who's the gadget gimmickry guy. And then, as I said before, you have like the top post-up receiver in the league where I just throw it to a spot. As long as he can reach it, he should catch it. They should never be outside the top five in third down conversion percentage. Now, a lot of that is based on what you do on first and second down because of how long it is. But on third and short and third and medium, they're terrible too. It's not like they just happen to be in third and long. It's like crushing the that percentage normally that is not good at on defense it's the reverse they are so good on early downs that it really balloons their third down percentage because they are one of if not the outside of probably baltimore and new york the most aggressive early down team in the nfl where it's like we are sending the house on first down because the only way to stop a drive in the nfl is to get a tfl or some kind of negative play on defense so you don't just consistently stood people you know two three yards for three downs so they go hyper aggressive on early downs and they kind of balloon their third down percentage there. So that they're they're just they're a weird team. Let's call it what it is. They are just a strange team. You never know what you're gonna get. And the Seahawks are a strange team in the way that you never know what you're gonna get, and yet they're good. 
it's just been a strange year, isn't it? Especially in the NFC as well. Um, I, I'm going to take the Cardinals minus two in the handicap, and I'm going to take the over. Ollie. I'm going all in this week on the overs. Nice. This is going to be the highest scoring week of the season so far. I'm being Mr. Optimistic here. I'm presuming you like that. Optimistic points, like points, op- points. Yeah, the optimistic. Last week was the highest scoring week, right? But and then, and but though. You- you know, that involved the Lions defense. Um, so, <laughs> you know, maybe that's all it takes. Um, I'm going to take the Seahawks. I like having the points. Uh, this Gino thing is getting to the stage now where it's like, is this just what it is? You know, he's fourth at the moment in the RBSDM composite, which is like the nerdiest metric that, that figures out and quantifies quarterback play. So oh, okay. <laughs> The RBSDM composite, Michael, for the listeners at home, is EPA per play, which is the top individual metric, plus completion percentage over expectation, all those tri- uh, chips and trackers they put in the players. And they basically figure out, should you or should you not, based on historical norms, the coverage, the distance of the throw, yada, 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 should you have completed the pass or not, right? Gino is the top quarterback in the league in completion percentage over expectation. He completes 7% of the throws he should have no business making. He's playing out of his mind. But usually that's Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, right? Now it's Gino Smith. Gino Smith is the guy doing it. Not only is he completing them, they're incredibly valuable. So he is the fourth best quarterback in the league right now. Now we've all been waiting. When does this bubble burst? It has to burst. It's Geno Smith, right? Well, we're pretty far into this thing now. It doesn't look like it's happening. They're currently the seventh ranked offense in the NFL by EPA per play. Shane Waldron has got the thing rolling. And I, I, you know, I love Vance Joseph, the Cardinals DC. I just, I just don't see it in this one. I, I think, um, I think the Seahawks are going to win. And I, I would, I would add, I think comfortably which is probably going to be wrong, but I do think comfortably. If you have like a 34-17, it hits the over as well. So I I, I see that. that, that, That's interesting. I'm just going to go Kyler here and just see the crack. I'm not the biggest fan of Joseph Fanoli, but I will definitely look at those stats. for. for... (laughs) That's that's your ignorance of Paul Vance in Denver there, where he got (laughs) shysted by bad quarterback play and terrible offensive coordinators. The defense was still electric when uh, when Vance (laughs) It sounds sounds quite familiar. And t- talking about bad quarterback play, let's say, uh, let's jump on this Raiders Jaguars matchup. Jags up not to take the bye week after London. The Broncos have a bye week this week. Uh, we were literally Ollie, on the correct yardage in terms of uh, in terms of the field last week. We seen the Simmons pick with with Lawrence, and I'm sure you were intrigued to see how Trevor Lawrence played last week in person. And um, in terms of the betting angle in this folks this week, the Raiders are minus one in the handicap at 10 to 11. The over and under is 48. The Raiders are favored at 17 to 20 on. The Jags are hoping to break a very interesting losing streak while the Raiders didn't score a point last week. Um, the Raiders only have a bottom five defense and third down is fourth worst in the league. And I, I don't know what to expect from Trevor Lawrence. That, it's like that... last week was intriguing. That defensive thing is really interesting because they bring in Patrick Graham from New York, right? He was a really highly regarded DC with the Giants. They Josh McDaniel is able to convince him to come over to the Raiders. He was kind of murmured for like maybe an outside shot for a head coaching gig because people just really like him and they didn't want him to go elsewhere. So McDaniel is able to convince him to come to the Raiders. They have the Gus Bradley experience last year, which you know is my least favorite experience on planet Earth. Um, so they, they dump Gus. They bring in Patrick Graham, and Patrick Graham's whole thing is, I am kind of an off-the-wall thinker. I do really creative, different pressure, similar to Vance Joseph, similar to Wink Martindale, similar um, to Mike McDonald in Baltimore. I just do loads of crazy shit, and there's not a ton of talent here on the Raiders' defense, so let's do a bunch of crazy stuff, 
uh, and you know maybe we can patch our way through the first year and we'll go and get some talent in the second year and obviously we'll be fireworks and offense because of all the all the players we have on there Jacobs Waller Adams Renfro on down the line uh, not really happened. And the big thing with the Raiders defense is tell me who their second best player is on defense. Max Crosby is maybe right now the best defensive player in the NFL. I'm not even kidding. Like Aaron Donald is obviously the most dominant, the most known, and the, the, the most consistent. Miles Garrett is out of his mind at the moment too. But Max Crosby is right there with the more production-wise impact on a defense. Outside of Max Crosby, who? Who is a good player? Now, I love Rock Yassin. The cornerback i think he's mm. one of the most underrated players in the nfl it was a brilliant trade to pick him up last year and i watched him a bunch last week as i was doing a trade projection column and i thought he might get moved at the trade deadline rather than giving him a contract extension and as i'm watching him and i'm watching the raiders defense i'm focusing on rockier and i'm looking going wow he's the only guy making place so now they can't trade him because he's their second best player now i love rockier sin there's no universe you can live in where he's the second best player. If he's your fifth or sixth, you have an all-time defense. If he's your fourth, you're maybe okay to good. If he's your second best player, then there are serious questions that need to be asked. And I don't think they're that untalented for him to be their second best player. I think there's, there's massive issues there. So, um, yeah, if Trevor Lawrence is ever going to get right and have a good week and become the player we, we expect him to be, this is the week. This is the week, baby. I mean, I described last week as uh, a must-win week for both the Jags and the Broncos. And and look, the Raiders, now bottom of the West, both these teams are desperate this week. They have to win this game. The Jags are putting up an average of 21.5 points in the offense so far this season, which is sort of just under middle of the pack. They're surrendering around around 20 points a game. That's only 10 franked on defense, so that's not, that's not too bad there. The over and under is 48. I'm going to say the Jags sneak it. On the under, how boring am I, Ollie? Picking the under, I mean, like, <laughs> boring. And this is a tough one, you know. The Raiders have dominated a lot of conversation this week nationally because of the obviously the the, the no points last year, and the, the main one I think was the not crossing midfield till I forget the time exactly, but it was like a couple of minutes left in the third quarter, I think, till they finally crossed midfield. And that appears to have made people say, what is going on with this offense? Is, you know, Josh McDaniels, is it broken? I thought they had Devontae Adams and all that. But and it's not, but it's not like they've not pasted people at times this year. They've dropped 35 on people's heads a couple of times. I think they're, I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. You might have the figure in front of you. I think they're like 8th to 10th in points per game. So it's not exactly like, yeah. should they be ahead of like Atlanta? Because scoring is down across the league. And with their weapons, should they be ahead of Atlanta? Yes, their offensive line is a travesty so that does you know people like all the fantasy football players the jacobs and the walls and the adams is but that you know it starts up front with the offensive line but it's still not like they've been a complete tire fire and offense i thought what happened to them last week was ultra ultra game plan specific where dennis allen did some stuff that i'm not sure any other coach would have the cojones to try which is essentially early in the game purposely refuse to double cover Devontae Adams, which would be everyone's go-to, right? If we just sat there having a pint and said, how, how should we cover the Raiders? We said, well, it starts with double covering Devontae Adams. Now, how you get to the double, you can be as creative as you want, right? But we're putting two guys on him and we'll figure the rest out later. They did the exact opposite. What they did was they leveraged the idea of us having that meeting and the Raiders thinking, well, they're going to double Devontae, right? 
So we know that going in. And so they played on that concept where they showed the double and then they rolled away from Devontae Adams and put the double elsewhere. So Derek Carr is looking pretty I'm going, okay, Devontae's doubled. I'm not going to look his way. I'm going to go elsewhere with the ball. And then the double was elsewhere. Very clever. And then as the game rolled along, they said, okay, now let's double Devontae. So when he looks, he is doubled, right? So just really clever cat and mouse drive to drive stuff of switching where they put the double team and rolling away from Devontae Adams. I don't think anyone else in the league has uh, the chops to even attempt because if you get fried you're looking at six catches for like five thousand yards in one game right you're looking at tyree kill type stuff and everyone losing their jobs five thousand yards imagine oh yeah, oh, yeah. Devontae's good man yeah. um so i i definitely and the jags don't roll a lot they don't do a lot creatively on defense on the back end it's all front base for them so i i just don't think anyone can replicate that game plan so i would definitely go with the over because i think the raiders will score points this weekend i think that the the numbers this week are suppressed because people are looking just at last week and not the rest of the season. So I think the Raiders score points this week, even if Waller's not going to play because of his hamstring injury. I think they score points. And it's a question of whether or not the Jags can keep up. So I will just take the Raiders with the point, but I have absolutely no conviction in that. I, I think this could be easily a, a Jags win too, but I, but I think there will be points. Uh, look, uh, there's only two games in the late window on Sunday. I yeah. couldn't believe that when I seen it. That that's going to be fun. Hopefully every the games time, are good. Every single time they do this, and it's so annoying because one of them will be turd because it's always turd, and, <laughs> and then because you, you put red zone on, and they because of their rights issues, right? They're not allowed to just show one game, so they make you watch the bad football, and they bought like forty games in the early window. It's like, hey man, how about we bought four and four? <laughs> it's just the most obvious thing ever. Every it's, year. It's going to be funny because you got the Cardinals, Seahawks, and then you got the Rams against the Bucks, and we're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we are at a risk there, Ollie, of, uh, you know, we have the luxury of being at home this weekend. We're hoping to have a good evening watching the NFL. And one can only hope that we've got two classics in that window. But uh... it, it could, it, it could, it, 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 this is the time of the year where as people watching the sport living in the UK, that is the prime nap zone. It's like, how good is Sunday night football? Let me just watch the first half. If one of these games is close, one of them stinks, I'm going to nap until the fourth quarter of the good game. So it's <laughs> at least we're at that time of the year. We're at, the, we're at napping time of the year, people. I'm going to text you on Sunday saying, nap? Question mark. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, not in the betting sense. Uh, right, we've got a new segment alert. Dun, 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 dun. Um, Trap pick of the week. Now, I copied this from our, our new guy, Henry, and I have to give it to Henry. Really enjoyed his picks last week, and he's got... Uh, I'll, I'll give you henry's one via audio at the end of this but this is the bet folks to avoid and it's funny because i'm seeing some ones already that i might have as my bet of the week so i'll say enough of it at the minute but uh, for can me I, can i uh, quickly just just interrupt and say just for the listeners for who may have missed this last week we have the new person on board the mysterious henry we're not allowed to say his second name for legal reasons um are we gonna do something with his? Are we gonna do some kind of voice modulation for Henry? Because if he legally can't have his second name set out, but he can have his voice heard on the air, are we gonna do? Are you gonna do some kind of like crime watch situation where <laughs> it's like somebody else saying his words, <laughs> and it's me putting like an English accent on? So I'm gonna pick the box this week. Uh, I can't even do an English accent. No, I I will see the crack. But the plan is Ollie to bring him on after Munich. So we'll see the crack. I'm seeing if he's up for it, and uh, I'm sure he can give us all his betting wisdom. You call him a, a betting degenerate last week betting yeah. experts so we will see the crack and um, the game that i am avoiding at all costs on sunday and i actually might avoid watching it because these two teams now are just annoying me in terms of their offense and how inconsistent they are is that bucks game 
I, I'm avoiding the box minus three and the handicap at 19 is money on. People might think I'm crazy, but this just stinks of the week where Stafford finds it right on the offense and they go to Tampa and they win it. Can you imagine if Brady goes to Munich three and six? I mean, that is insane, Ollie, if that happens. It is, and the, the Rams have legitimately the worst offense in the NFL now. Yeah. So, <laughs> 32nd in EPA per play. It's not like some like, oh, they're bad, but it's bad versus expectations, and they're 18th, and maybe there's some goodness in there. Nope, <laughs> they're the worst. It's that simple. Offensive line is beat up and terrible. Don't have enough weapons on the perimeter. Um, got through the first half of last week's game against the Niners by running a billion screenplays that was completely unsustainable. Once the Niners figured out, oh, they're running a ton of screens. It's the only way they can move the ball. They shut that offense down in the second half, and it's not something you can really replicate week on week saying, hey, every drive, let's call three, four screenplays and kind of work off of that. So it's 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 pretty, pretty bad. I mean, the only upshot is it's not like the Bucks defense is anything impressive, and the only one of these – and the Rams defense hasn't been impressive either, by the way, but the only, the only, only thing you can hang your hat on going into this game, I think, is one, Brady is at least playing well, and everyone around him is playing poorly. And then the Rams' defensive line is playing well. These are the only things I can find in this game that are playing well. Right? Every other unit is playing poorly, but Brady and then basically Donald and Floyd and then Jalen Ramsey when he plays inside. He's actually been pretty crap when he plays outside, but they put him inside a lot more, particularly against the Niners, and he was very, very good. So it's like, what do I take in that instance? The D-line with Donald or just Brady I think Brady is more reliant on everyone else playing well, obviously. He's reliant on the line holding up, on Mike Evans not dropping boneheaded throws, on guys getting open. So I'm going to take the Rams in a really sludgy, turgid game. But I'm with you. This is a massive, massive stay-away situation. (laughs) There's your clip for social for the week. Stay away. Watch watch the Cardinals against the Seahawks instead. What's your trap pick of the week, man? It's it's an interesting one. I, I, I think this my, is debatable. My trap pick of the week is just do not go anywhere near this Panthers-Bengals game. Don't go for the Bengals. Don't go for the Panthers. Do not input any of your hard-earned money that you have been fighting, scratching, clawing to make anywhere near the Panthers-Bengals game. Don't even try it. Why? Because like I, I, I'm asking genuinely because two weeks ago, Joe Burrow balls out. And yep. then the week after against the Browns, they had no run game going, obviously no Jamar Chase, and they just couldn't get the ball down the field. Fair play to the Browns for winning the game and coming up in defense, but uh, Burrow really struggled. Do, do you think it's a matter of just, it's a sort of game where it could just it could just flow in that sense? And the offensive line for Cincinnati is uh, still intriguing, to say the least. Yeah, the offensive line is struggling. The best part of the Panthers team is that defensive front. Obviously, they've got a ton of talent, Brown, Burns, so on. Steve Wilkes is a defensive coach, and the, the, since he's taken over, the defense is playing at a really high level. So you look at that, you look at that offensive line, you look at no Jamar Chase when they just about figured that thing out before he picked up the hamstring injury himself, and you're looking at a seven-and-a-half-point spread. Now, if this was a one-point spread, three-point spread, then I wouldn't have it as a stay away. I'm staying away because the, it's just going to be one of those games where if you take the points, the the Bengals are a better team, so they'll just probably club the Panthers. And if you take the the points, um, sorry. And then if you take what did I say then? If you take, yeah, if you take the points, then yeah. the Bengals will probably like just drop forty on the Panthers' heads. And if you take the Bengals, thinking they're gonna drop forty on the head, they probably have like three sacks in the opening drive. And you go, why on earth did I not just take the points as, as the Bengals get out there with a field goal? So I I would just I would just stay well away away from that one. Uh, here is Henry's 
trap pick of the week. So this week's trap game of the week, Raiders at Jags. Raiders are one and a half point favorites as per Unibet. The key thing I think about when I think of a trap game is both unpredictability and volatility in terms of performance. And I think these are two teams where you really don't know who is going to turn up on the day. They could be amazing. They could be terrible. And I think both teams fall into this bucket. If you look at the Jags, the last five games, the Jags have lost by only a score or less. So they keep games super close. Again, not good for a trap game. Um, they've looked at times like a really good football team. And then other times you can't believe how bad they are given you know, all the pieces that they have and the coaches that they have. The Raiders are a similar story. Some great performances. They lost by a point to the Chiefs, a great result. And then some horrible, horrible performances. So look at them Look at them getting shut out by the Saints. Not good at all. So if, if, when you take these two teams where I really don't know if either of them are good or terrible, I don't want to bet on it. If I had to bet on it, it would be Jaguars' money line. Take the underdogs in this bet. But ultimately, I would just avoid at all costs. That's 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 funny, uh, Ollie. He doesn't like the Raiders minus one and a half in the handicap. I, I love how we're all contradicting ourselves. Here's a great crack, and it's going to be a good crack yeah. next week. Laughing about it. This is this is where, as we said last week with Henry the Degenerate. Um, <laughs> no, I know football from a schematic sense, and he knows gambling. So if I was ever to trust anyone on this show, it would be Henry the Degenerate. I'm just giving you my impressions scheme wise. Uh, the Jags cannot replicate what the Saints did last week to the, the Raiders offense. And that probably is why you want to stay away because is it, was it a one game plan scheme specific thing or is it a lasting issue with the Raiders offense? To be fair now to you, Ollie, um, I, I nabbed on your Patriots pick last week and I'm a very happy man for doing it. So thank you very much for that. We're getting there and we've got uh, a different segment this week and th- this could turn into a, a hilarious segment because it, every one of these selections could be wrong. Uh, Michael's parlay of the week. Accumulator huh. in European terms. I'm trying to use the American terms. Pays out 25 to 1 on fractional odds. So uh, $10, pounds, euros gets you uh, 250 dabs back so i'm sure ollie will jump on this as well this week you can get all these on unibet or wherever you bet uh, you can check out the link in the bio ollie my parlay of the week is that's... the golden five i'm gonna call it michael's golden five five wow let's go i know i'm, I'm crazy dolphins minus five in the handicap against Love the it. bears yep the titans the cover plus 12 against the chiefs and arrowhead or whatever it's called this week uh the jaguars to beat the raiders the vikings minus three and a half uh, against the commanders and the handicap and the cardinals minus two in the handicap against the seahawks now the only one i'm a bit iffy with there is well the jags and the cardinals i i, I just don't see the titans i don't see the chiefs winning my morning i think it's actually now up to 12 and a half on the handicap uh, at the time of recording is 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 uh ryan Tannehill's not playing i'm guessing right is ryan Tannehill? Yeah, I, I i i think that's going to be an issue i'll, I'll double check that at the time of recording yeah at the time of recording, Ryan Tannehill has returned to practice, but they've said they haven't made a decision yet on whether he's playing. So if he doesn't play, then, I mean, those 12 points are because they assume Malik Willis is playing and then that they expect that they'll get throttled. If Ryan Tannehill plays, you look like a genius locking that in early in the week, <laughs> giving 12 points with a team that can shorten the game. We know can hang tough with the Chiefs. Even if the Chiefs wind up winning by a touchdown, which is often the case against the Titans, you at least know they can hang in there. So um, you kind of 
game time decision on the quarterback situation there. The other ones I'm all for. The the one that would concern me the most would be the Cardinal Seahawks. But if you're going into a five-team parlay and your biggest concern is a game that is probably a coin flip, that's a pretty great place to be. Take it and run, and I will come back next week with my results, and we will try and build on it. But Michael's golden five going into the week, folks, and if you do bet, best of luck. Uh, let's, let's jump into um, the handicap selection of the week, which I should have done beforehand, Ollie, but I'm going to do it now. Um, mine is, I mean, I'm just jumping on this now, Dolphins uh, minus five in the handicap at 10 to 11 against the Bears. I just think they're going to be too good for them. That, that offense on his day is unreal if they can get it clicking correctly, and uh, they're just too good. I know my God, we're picking the exact same thing. So yeah, great sorry. minds think alike. Yeah, that I I, I should probably should have picked a different one. Sorry, I whiffed on that. I also but well, it's grand. I mean, like we, we can pick the same thing. It's fine. Yeah. I uh, I have dolphins minus five over the bears too. I, I like you said I posted this thing last week. I don't know if you saw it, but the the Dolphins had five receivers average over three yards of separation last week. Now, did the the Lions wind up firing their defensive backs coach the next day. Yes, they did. But it's still preposterous, right? It's not purely a Lions defensive issue. You're looking at just straight unstoppable. And you're talking about a team where they can either throw the ball over your head and score 90 yards on a play, or they can throw the ball on like a flat screen or, you know, just out into the flat. And that can whiz 90 yards through your secondary, right? So I, I just don't know how you, I don't, you cannot cover Tyreek and Waddle together. Then Gasicki's a giant, though he's not getting the ball a ton this year, but he's a massive mountain. He's a crazy athlete. There's just, there's just nothing you can do to stop them as long as the ball is out on time and in rhythm. And with two, it pretty much always is. But the, the, the Bears don't have the pieces to hang with that five out. I'm actually really surprised that, that is the line. It's nice. I, I like it. Here is Henry's line. Of the week, handicap of the week. My handicap pick for the week is also my emotional pick of the week, and that is Vikings minus three and a half at the Commanders. I just don't buy into the Commanders hype. I know that it's a great story with Taylor Heineke. They have a good offense. They have good pieces, but I don't think it's a sustainable level of winning. Um, a lot of their recent games have been kind of last-minute comebacks, uh, long last play of the game sort of drives and I don't think that's sustainable and on the other side of that I do think that the Vikings are a truly very good team I think the six and one is probably true of their ability as a team and with the trade for Hawkinson I think that's a huge addition and I think that Kirk Cousins is going to be going to him a lot in his first game the data is kind of against me here in the sense that Vegas are generally leaning towards the commanders which I don't love, but sometimes with a gut pick, that's going to happen. So Vikings, minus three and a half the Commanders. I'm pretty confident that the Vikings come away with a win, and I think they win by four, four and a half points. I still think it'll be close. Henry going with the Vikings, minus three and a half over the Commanders. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I think that's going to be a nice... Uh, Vikings potentially seven and one, Oliver, uh, through, through nine weeks. That's nice. It is, and I, I was... Um, big on the Vikings coming into the season. I got to say that they haven't been wildly impressive all the time. Um, and the the Viking, the, the commander's defense, sorry, has been improved after a disastrous start. Now, they were awful, awful, awful to start the year. But if you go over the past couple of weeks, they're right around sixth in EPA per play on defense. So I do think that game will be tight. Um, still three and a half. The Vikings are the better team. I, I probably would have them winning by 
um, two field goals, a touchdown, something like that. So, so it makes sense to me for that to be Henry the Degenerate's pick. I'm definitely going to print T-shirts saying Henry the Degenerate next week. We're going to wear them on the show if these bets come up with our winnings. Uh, bet of the week. This is it. Dun, dun, dun. Right. Uh, I'll start off. And it's funny that I'm saying this. I'm taking the Bengals minus seven and a half over the Panthers at 10 to 11. I, for me, Ollie, no Jamar Chase. No excuses for Joe Burrow. The uh, guy is still too good. You got T. Higgins, Hayden Hurst, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon there. Find a way to run the ball. Find a way to attack against, frankly, a Panthers team that I think will run out of luck this week. I think they need to just... The Bengals need to win this week, right? But I think I think they'll blow them out. I'm calling it now. The, the Bengals are going to put up over 35 points on Sunday and they'll take that handicap handsomely 10 to 11 almost even money uh do you have a bet of the week oliver i'm going to blow your mind are you ready i'm ready man. i want to see your brain blow on, the- <laughs> on, on zoom <laughs> yeah i am going with at 13 to 1 oh, mate. the rams books game which we admit is a stay away on the score okay i am going with any time including overtime a safety to be scored. There will be a safety in Rams books 13 <laughs> to 1. That is my bet of the week. 13 to 1, yeah. That's unreal. 13 to 1. Might do that myself, man. I might do that myself. Um wow. I love but it. I love it, man. Two horrendous offensive lines going up against defensive fronts that get pressure, right? The books front has not played well, but they will get at least 12 dropbacks of pressure all you need for a safety neither team can run the ball so guys are going to be dropping back in their own territory so i'm going to go with a safety 13 to 1 boom uh, here is henry's pick for his bet of the week so my bet of the week it's a scary one but i'm confident in it chargers versus falcons over 49 and a half points it is a high total it is a super scary total but these two teams playing against each other in the dome in New Orleans, I think it could go over 55, potentially 57, maybe over 60. Falcons are a top six team in both points scored and offensive EPA. So the results match up with the underlying data, which is important. They're also third in terms of defensive EPA, only behind the Steelers and the Lions. So a combination of a great offense and a terrible defense, that's great for the over. The Chargers... They are top 10 in points against this season. And if you look at their recent fixtures, this makes sense. They conceded 38 to the Jags, 37 to the Seahawks, 28 to the Browns, and 24 to the Texans. But also part of the points against bad defenses, such as the Falcons. So they put 34 on the Texans, 30 on the Browns, and 24 on the Chiefs and the Raiders. So again, a combination of a good, high-scoring offense and a truly bad defense. If you combine these two teams with their associated bad defenses and offenses, I think it'd be crazy for these teams to not score at least 25 points each. And if they do that, they go over 49 and a half. And Henry has taken the Chargers Falcons over 49 and a half points. That's, that's intriguing. Um, I like it. I like it. I, I love just Ollie. I, I love our optimism this week. I think we're flying. Uh, we're coming off a good week. And obviously with Henry on board now, we're just getting better and better at these picks. And uh, do you know, I was in the uh, the Broncos bar last week in London and somebody said to me, I listened to your pick show on Gridiron. And I was like, oh, mate. He goes, your picks are great. Tell Ollie his picks are great too. So uh, shout out to you, mate. But uh, no, we're, we're definitely getting there, sir. And I guess this week, um, 
after being in London last week, I, I know you're on the radio last week, and um, it's going to be great to just sit down and watch the games and hopefully watch our bats come in. Yeah, looking forward to looking forward to the weekend. Like you said, I, I've got a, a a sense in the air there's going to be a ton of points, which I think will make it a fun week. Um, and on our bets, we I think we've only had one losing week where we both lost. So that's that's pretty, that, that's pretty pretty good. Now this week we're going to lose because I picked a safety. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! If that comes up Sunday night, is going to be great crack. It, well. I win the season if that comes up. <laughs> it's the final good iron picture of the yeah. season. Uh, Ollie here, my, uh, as always, thanks very much for for your time, man, and for for everyone listening. Obviously, thanks to Henry. Uh, for his picks thanks to everyone for listening in if you are going to put a bet on this weekend please do check out the link in our bio on the gridiron nfl nfl show rss feed uh, you can sign up for an offer with unibet all of our odds are from unibet your bookmakers may be different please folks over 18 please do gamble responsibly but more so please enjoy the weekend ollie enjoy the football and we'll chat to you soon yep see you next time